0: It's everybody.
1: Hi, 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 and hey, hey, Beatle fans. Welcome to another edition of Talk More Talk, a solo Beatle's videocast. This is a bi-weekly show in which we talk about the most successful solo careers of all time, and that coming from, of course... John, Paul, George, and Ringo, the Beatles. I'm one of the regular co-hosts of this show. My name is Ken Michaels, known for some of my other Beatles radio programs, a syndicated Beatles show called Every Little Thing, currently heard on almost 40 radio stations, and also a talk show podcast called Things We Said Today, and also from my very Beatles-centric website, KenMichaelsRadio.com. And I'm being joined by my regulars, my esteemed colleagues on this show, First of all, we know her as the queen of Beatles media. As I would say, you know, you can forget about Queen Elizabeth. You can forget about Queen Latifah.
2: We have our own <laughs> queen here.
1: Some might say she's the queen of everything. She yeah. grows in stature with every week and with every, at every show that we do. And uh, she is the author of <laughs> songs we were singing guided tours through the Beatles' lesser-known tracks, and also Michael Jackson FAQ, all that's left to know about the King of Pop. And that is our very own Kit O'Toole. Hello, Kit.
3: Hi, Ken. That may be one of the best introductions I've, I've ever had. That was <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. And uh, hi, everybody, and uh, and welcome to all our viewers.
1: Yeah, well... I've hit my peak. I'm never going to get any better than that one. <laughs> yeah. so, don't expect it after this. Yeah, it's all Hard, right <laughs> yeah. Also, we have a uh, sensation on the internet with his own YouTube channel talking about the Beatles all the time. The latest sensation sweeping the nation and the world. <laughs> That's our own mean
2: Mr. Mayo. We know him as Joe. Hi, Joe. Hi, Ken. Hello, Kit. Uh, and soon to say hello to Tom. <laughs> Hi, Tom. <laughs> and uh, it's good to be here as it always is. And I want to say right from the beginning of this show not guilty <laughs> for liking a lot of so called guilty pleasures of the solo Beatles. None of us are not guilty.
1: No, exactly. That's it.
2: Nope. Nope. And also my other co-host
1: here, you know him for being the co-host for a few years of the Paul McCartney, the solo Paul McCartney podcast called Two Legs along with Andy Nichols, his new co-host. And that's our own Tom Hunyadi. Hi, Tom. Hello, Ken.
4: Hello, Joe. Hello, Kit. And hello, everybody out there. Hope you're having a great Monday wherever you are.
1: Okay. Well, tonight we have a fun topic called Guilty Pleasures. We're all going to be discussing certain songs from the solo careers of the Beatles that can be referred to, whether we like it or not, (laughs) as guilty pleasures, and we'll go more into detail about that a little bit later on. But uh, we do have quite a bit of Beatle news to get to here on the show tonight. So let's just start with the news that uh, Paul has announced dates to perform in France, For next year. So far, there are four concerts he has booked. They're from May 23rd through June the 7th. And earlier today, (laughs) Paul teased his fans with a message on Twitter with three photos of famous people. There is Philip Glass, then Emma Stone, then Chuck Berry. Put them all together. And what have you got? Yep. Glass, Stone, Stone, Berry. Berry. So it was made official as of today, Paul will headline the Glastonbury Festival, which runs from June 24th through the 28th. Paul will be playing on June 27th. This will be Glastonbury's golden year jubilee. And Mm. co-organizer Emily Eva said, there really was no one that we wanted more than Paul McCartney. Mm. So we're going to see if more dates are announced soon and whether or not any of them will be in the U.S okay yeah. uh billboard magazine just celebrated their 125th anniversary has it wow. been that long Jeez. and uh they put together a list of the 125 artists of all time this is based on a formula blending all titles tallied on both the billboard hot 100 songs chart since its beginning on august the 4th 1958 and the billboard 200 albums chart since it became a combined stereo mono survey on August seventeenth, nineteen sixty-three, I'm going to be quizzing everybody on this. And the Beatles, <laughs> the Beatles ranked <laughs> number one. The Beatles are number one on this list due to their unrivaled dominance on the Hot 100 and Billboard 200 since their U.S. breakthrough in nineteen sixty-four. Not only that, Paul McCartney post-Beatles ranked number twelve. Very impressive. And George Harrison squeaked in at number 124. Oh, wow. Wow. Any thoughts about this? Did you guys know about this survey? Uh, not until I saw the Facebook it,
0: post. Yeah, yeah on,
2: on Facebook I saw yeah. it. And it's it, it's yeah. interesting. I mean, it's always great when the Beatles are number one. Yeah. But uh, I was wondering where certain people were, like uh, somebody named
1: Elvis named, Presley? No, no, I no. Mean, <laughs> Elvis Presley's in there, but Frank Sinatra's oh. not in there. Oh, Sinatra's yeah, but, not in it at all. Yeah, that was well, weird. Yeah, but I saw you
4: mention that a while ago, Ken. But you said the the Billboard started in 1958,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, oh, that,
4: look that, at you—you I mean, you probably had a ton of hits before then. I mean, well, say, that's like if, if the Billboard, you know, started in let's say 1948, he probably would have made the list. I would yeah. imagine.
1: Yeah, but the problem I have is that they call this the top 125 artists of all time. Fair well, enough. You're not saying from 1958 on. And certainly Ah, someone like Elvis Presley is shortchanged. Frank Sinatra is shortchanged. Bing Crosby was like the biggest name of the 30s and 40s too. And he's nowhere in this list. So um, I do have a problem with that. Anyway, other news. Ringo Starr was interviewed by Joe Scarborough. Who, along with his wife Mika Brzezinski co-host the Morning Joe program on MSNBC. The interview was split up in two parts and the most shocking news that Ringo gave us is that his most recent album What's My Name will likely be his last album. The reason given was that Ringo feels that albums don't seem to matter much anymore, that physical product is not that important and we're going back to listening to individual songs. He might make EPs or a few songs at a time but that seems to be the way to go that he's feeling at the moment. I'd like to know how you guys feel about this. Well, well, I can I tell mean, you how,
2: how oh, I'm sorry, you want to go one, one at a time? Yeah. Go ahead. yeah.
1: It's very okay. important. I mean I was Ladies I was first. totally shocked when he said okay. this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just gonna
3: I was just gonna say I, I think I mean Ringo has a point um that you know um that albums have changed. I mean, this sounds like a weird comparison, but Weirdo Yankovic. And uh, I remember when he came out with his last album, he said a similar thing. He said, I don't envision myself doing full length albums anymore. Mm. Um, you know, it's going to be more like singles. And and, uh, and in Ringo's case, I think he said maybe like kind of more EPs. I, I, I yeah, think he, or, yeah. Right. And, you know, and also, I mean, he's, you know, he's almost 80. <laughs> and uh, I think he's, you know, looking to kind of cut back a little bit in the schedule. Although, of course, he's still touring. So, I mean, I, I, I'm panicked about this because mm-hmm. I think he is still going to produce music. It's just going to be on a different schedule, you know. And, uh, and as I said, he, he has some valid points. Okay,
1: Tom, you want to chime in?
4: Yeah, you know, he's like you, like Kit said, seventy nine. You know, he hasn't done great on the charts these last, you know, 18, 20 years, which is fine, but he's been still putting out quality music, whether you like it or not. You know, this last album is a very exceptional, great, great album. And I think he should build on that myself, personally. Now, I don't mind the fact that you know he said the physical media thing is dying and it is true and it's been dying for years now but as long as he keeps going if he keeps making music in ep form i think that's great you know it, it does take a while for him i mean he's not like a mccartney that can you know knock out 20 songs and you know in a 6 month span or or even have you know a thousand songs in the vault that he can pull out at any given time
0: right. and finish
4: but um, I think it's okay. You know, if he's kind of wants to slow down or if, if that's the reason or if he just doesn't feel, you know, that physical media is the way to go these days, then fine. So be it. But uh, I would hope that he does continue to make music. There's been a lot of acts. I think uh, Alice Cooper just put out an EP. You know, Santana put out an EP earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I'm fine with that. If the EP is the way to go, if, you know, four songs at a time, you know, sure. Just keep putting music out, you know. Don't retire from that. And I hope that's not a sign of things to come for touring either. You know, if, he, you know, if he's going to start slowing down his touring. But we'll see. Okay.
1: Very good points. Yeah. Joe?
2: Well, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, I really enjoy the new album a lot. And a lot of times mm-hmm. I think to myself, being that, you know, Paul is up in years and Ringo is up in years, you never know, unfortunately, which album could be the last album. For one right. reason or another. And I remember thinking to myself, boy, you know, if this is to be Ringo's last album, I thought this before he made this <laughs> announcement, I thought uh, he'd be going out with a good album. I think, yeah. I mean, of course, that's all a matter of opinion. But in my right. opinion, I, I like it so much. I think this is a good album to go out on uh, if if it's going to be the, the last full album. That's what I thought.
1: Right. You know, for someone like myself, you know, I still love physical product.
2: Yeah. I still love oh, buying too, CDs.
1: And yeah. certainly from you guys, you buy, you know, every version <laughs> of all the releases, you know, the colored vinyl and everything else. But, yeah. um, you know, I love buying the CDs and I love getting a full album. Who knows if he puts out three or four songs at a time and he does it periodically, oh. it might be the equivalent of having 10 songs every two years. Yeah. Exactly. You never know. Oh. Yeah. yeah.
4: Plus, he's got 20 albums of us for us to look back on and maybe that'll give an opportunity for people to maybe, you know, take those out, take those albums under consideration and and give them a listen.
2: And it didn't seem like a definitive statement too, from what I could see, you know, it wasn't like flat out. That's it. You know, like he was thinking, thinking this would be, might be my last album while he was making it. I think he said he was thinking that, Hmm. but, uh, I I don't think it was confirmed, you know, a hundred percent.
1: Right. He could always change his mind. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, he talked about his photography in his new book, Another Day in the Life, how he has always loved taking photos. He now takes them off his iPhone and he loves capturing images in the moment, whatever he finds interesting. Joe Scarborough also brought up the Beatles and whether or not Ringo ever felt that their fame was so intense and immeasurable that with their loss of privacy, if he ever felt it wasn't worth it. Ringo said that no matter what, there are times when you have to go out in public, whether it's going to a movie or out to eat, and he's learned to live with it. Uh, Something to make uh, Tom and Joe happy, Friday music. (laughs) Just talking about this. A record company that's been putting out reissues of albums from the past will be releasing the Ringo the fourth album in February in 180 gram vinyl, and there will be versions in Translucent Red, or translucent gold, yep. and for the first time ever, this album will have a gatefold cover. Yes. Okay. I thought nice. this album was reissued already. I get confused no, with all this. It, it was Bad boy. Bad boy. It was.
4: was. It was, it was Bad boy also.
1: When,
4: yeah. When um, Friday Music uh, posted, uh, they did a picture of Rodolfo and Ringo the Fourth at the same time. So I think that's okay. maybe how it confused people. But they're releasing it separately.
1: Okay. All right, we have some major passings to announce here. Uh, On November the 7th, we suffered the loss of a very big name in the Beatle world, and that being of photographer Robert Freeman, who is best known for having shot the front covers for the Beatles albums with the Beatles, or here in America, Meet the Beatles, through Rubber Soul. The photo that we've seen of George Harrison that's on Early Takes Volume 1 and also the Living in the Material World documentary, that was taken By Robert Freeman. He also did the cover shots for John Lennon's two books, In His Own Right and A Spaniard in the Works, and even the front covers of Beatle EPs, like Long Tall Sally. Okay. Very big loss there, and Paul McCartney put out a a nice tribute on his website uh, for Robert. Also, another photographer, Terry O'Neill. Passed away, He took pictures of iconic figures like Frank Sinatra, David Bowie, Winston Churchill, the Rolling Stones, and the Beatles. And actually, Robert Rodriguez posted a nice video tribute to Terry with photos of the Beatles that look to be from 1963 through 65. Plus, there are familiar shots that we've seen, though I didn't know it was uh, Terry's photos, of George from around the time of the Dark Horse album. Also, Ringo's marriage to Barbara Bach. With Paul and Linda in attendance, and George and Olivia, and young James there. Also, photos from the Carl Perkins TV special, and it looks like he took uh, Broad Street. Give my regards to Broad Street era photos, and later, uh, George Harrison photos, including one with a young Danny. Mm. Terry was 81 years old. And then finally, there is the death, the, the, uh, the death of Pauline Sutcliffe at the age of 75. She was Stu's sister. And she will always be a controversial figure in the history of the Beatles. As being the spokesperson for Stu's life and his estate, she authored two books on Stu and co-wrote the screenplay for the 1994 film Backbeat. In her book from 2003, she claimed that John and Stu were lovers and also that a brutal fight that involved Stu resulted in John hitting him Uh, which was the cause of his death. Mm -hmm. None of these allegations were ever proven to be true. And the one person who was with Stu the last 18 months of his life, his girlfriend, Ashra Kersher, denied these accusations. All right. But she did pass away just recently. Thanks to one of my listeners, Robert Keeley from Michigan, we learned that there is a new album out called Prague Rock Christmas Released on Purple Pyramid Records, which has new covers of Wonderful Christmas Time and Happy Christmas. The album was produced and spearheaded by Yes Bassist Billy Sherwood. Wonderful Christmas Time is done by Sherwood and Patrick Moraz, and Happy Christmas was performed by the late John Wetton. And the album was released on November the first. What was the name of that? It is called Prague Rock Christmas. Frog rock Christmas. All right. Yeah. Very important news that uh, we all received from Kit. I couldn't wait to announce this here on the show. <laughs> One of the top chefs of New York, Enrique, Enrique Olvera, took part in uh, a survey in the Wall Street Journal a few weekends ago. Oh,
0: yeah, and he like- revealed
1: that his most listened to album, is Paul McCartney's "Press to Play" on Spotify? Wow. And right now, I, I'm letting <laughs> I'm letting uh, my co-host know that uh, he will likely be the first guest that we have here on this show. <laughs> he deserves it. Let's hear it for Enrique. Okay. Oh boy.
2: <sighs> oh. Do you have a problem so with great. that, Joe? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs>
3: Good answer.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, wait, look at
3: the time. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think we mentioned this before, but Ringo's latest album, "What's My Name," debuted on the Billboard album charts at number one twenty-seven, but it fell off the top two hundred the week after that. I have heard, however, that it made the top one hundred in the UK and hmm. the top forty album charts in Spain that's funny
4: about the UK thing because traditionally they always do his albums do better here than in
1: the UK. Mm, That is true. Mm -hmm. Who knows why? And a reminder that this Friday, Paul's new single home tonight and in a hurry is being released digitally. Next week it comes out on uh, vinyl picture disc. The Beatles singles box set also comes out this Friday and Harry Nilsson's album lost and found of Harry's last songs. He worked on produced by Mark Hudson and featuring Mark, Jim Keltner, Klaus Foreman, Jimmy Webb, and Kifo Nilsson, Harry's son. That's uh, also coming out well, this Friday. That's all the news I have. Cool. Be- before we get to our main topic, Kit, I know you have some news you want to share about uh, a very funny man that you just saw. In concert.
3: Yes, I, I had the distinct pleasure uh, this past Saturday of seeing uh, John Cleese. He was he's uh, currently doing, uh, you know, sort of a speaking tour, and he's calling it John Cleese does it again, and uh, it's you know, as you would expect, it was just such a, a fun evening. Um, you know, the memories that he shared about the Python years, um, his and all the films, and Fish Called Wanda, it, it was just, if he comes to your town, you you owe it yourself to go, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be in the presence of a comedy legend. Uh, one of the things he talked about, and this didn't surprise me, but it was very nice, um, he talked about George Harrison. Um, and of course, it was in the context of the movie Life of Brian, how they couldn't get funding for it, and mm. uh, and it was just a kind of a nice story. He said Eric Idle called John up and said, "Well, we've got the funding," and John said, "Well, that's great, but how did you do it?" And Eric said, "George Harrison, you know, he's agreed to you know mortgage his house, he's putting up the money," and <laughs> and John said, "Well, that's wonderful, but you know, why is he doing this?" and he and eric said because he wants to see the movie
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> i could so, just hear george know. yeah i can hear yeah. george
1: saying that in his dry yeah wit you know
3: yeah, yeah exactly you could i mean i could absolutely uh you know absolutely uh picture that whole conversation you know so uh so it really uh you know it was really nice I showed a photo of george and and uh so it was just uh you know nice nice part of the show so a little little beetle connection there
1: yeah Very cool. Very you cool. also uh saw him uh post a photo of him with ringo and uh peter sellers
3: yeah, it's it's really weird um, that he posted a photo of himself with Peter Sellers and Ringo on the Magic Christian set, right. and he was mainly yeah. talking about Peter Sellers uh, because, of course, you know they were. Work- Together and do each other, but never mentioned that Ringo was in the photo. It was it was really weird. I I had to hold myself back <laughs> from yelling. Yeah. Like, what about Ringo? you know? But uh, but I thought, nah, that kind of rude. Yeah. So Dang. I <laughs> I held back. But uh, did, so yeah, did, there were um, kind of two Beatles connections
4: there. Uh, did he uh, get up and do the walk? The the, the,
3: kind no. of the funny
4: walk. Yeah, the funny yeah, walk. Yeah, I wish
3: he had. But, you know, he's eighty.
4: Uh, he's eighty, <laughs>
3: and uh, I think that could have been a really yeah. bad scene. <laughs> yeah.
4: Could have been a bad career choice on his part. Bob. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Could have done a shorter version of it. No. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, 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 you know, the Python speak very highly of George as mm-hmm. they should. And um, they were all friends with him. especially Eric Idle was very close with George Harrison. So, yeah. All right. So let's get on to our main topic tonight, which happens to be Guilty Pleasures from the solo careers of the Beatles. I have to admit that the phrase Guilty Pleasures is one that I truly hate because (laughs) it kind of implies that um, we should be embarrassed to like these songs. And I'm proud of the music that I like to listen to. You know, we should all be proud of whatever it is that we like. But there are certain songs that over the years develop a reputation, whether they're warranted or not. And because of that, Sometimes people are afraid to admit, "Hey, I like this certain song," you know. So what we're going to do is each of us have selected three. We might do more of songs that we feel fit into this category, even though we all admit it's nothing to be ashamed of to love <laughs> these songs. Um, so anyway, who wants to start? Let's see. <laughs> why don't Why don't we start with Joe?
2: Oh, thanks. <laughs> okay. Joe. Thank you for that honor. Well, I'm I trying to narrow it down. Got, I've got like six. I'm going to try to think of the best three. I'm going to start with John, and I'm going to go with a song that's really a cover that he does, and it's from, the, of course, the oldies album, the rock and roll album, and it's his version on that album of Sweet Little Sixteen that I enjoy. And it, it often gets uh, slammed because, of course, it's no hard rocker. It's not like upbeat, up-tempo uh, like, like it's supposed to be. It's more like, I think he even called it the dance hall version, if I'm not mistaken. It's kind of like a tango or a some kind of a slow, de- you know, uh, I don't know, just grab your partner and do a, do a dance kind of thing. Mm. But I enjoy it. I enjoy it mainly because uh, – john is really intense in the vocals he's really like getting into it and uh, i like the passion with which he's shouting it out it's really why i like it and uh, it's got a, a groove to it that i enjoy uh, you know it's no chuck berry but uh i i think that one is uh kind of underrated hmm. and uh, that so that's a uh, i have another john but i'm gonna go on to Paul I think next (laughs) and uh, I'm gonna go with this two I have here I'm gonna go right now with uh, a song I like spies like us Mm. a lot of people put spies like us down a lot of fans I I think it mainly comes from the, the the ones like hey hey what do you say someone took the plans away it's from the movie it's mm-hmm. uh, supposed to be uh, a song f- for the movie of Spies Like Us, to comedy. So I, I can excuse that. But moreover, I like the fact that it really rocks. Yeah. Paul really gets into this. There's some really good guitar in there. And uh, as it picks up near the end, it really gets pretty intense and exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he really gets into it. Um, I think it's a good rock song. Yeah, well, you could nitpick words. But hey, you know... Beebopalula didn't have the greatest words. A lot of most most classic rock songs that started it all didn't have these fantastic words. I just think it's really rocking, okay. so I, I like that one. That's two for me. Uh, I think I'll try to as much as I want to stick with John and Paul. I'm going to go with a, with a Ringo one. Uh, Ringo, you know we were talking before the show, and I think it was, it might have been Ken brought up a good point with Ringo a lot of times. It's kind of the, more like people just kind of think of Ringo in general as the, the person uh, as mm. having like, uh, you know, not so good stuff. But there is one song that I, I, I know a lot of people kind of like, you know, kind of chuckle about and everything. Stop and smell the roses. Or Stop and take the time to smell the roses. The uh-huh. track Titles track from the album co written with Harry Nielsen, I think. Yes, Am I right about that. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, the thing is, you know, it's a tongue in cheek, completely uh, tour de force for Ringo. It's supposed to be a, a joke, and let's have a laugh. Mm-hmm. And nowhere is this more evident than if you watch the video that was made for this, right? Where he's having a blast and doing all these kind of crazy things. I mean, if you like. The Beatles doing "You Know My Name." Look up the number. This is this is crazy, right along that those lines. Um, I have a lot of fun with it. I take it in the spirit that it's intended in. I don't sit there and take it seriously like he's doing this serious song. And oh, what a disappointment this is! It's so embarrassing. It's supposed to be crazy. It's supposed to be right. a delightful romp, and I love it. Okay.
1: Anybody want to bounce off of uh, Joe's three choices there? Um... Uh, I have a few things. I'd like to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, but if you guys yeah. want to go first,
4: I, just, I I think the only thing I mean I think spies like us might be the more um, favorable of the three. Um, I can see more people liking that one than um, than than not, in just my opinion. But I I still think it's a good pick. i I may have picked that too, but uh, um, yeah. It's a good song, though.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, we've got a number of commenters down here that, uh, by the way, keep sharing your favorites. You have some great, great choices here. Um, She's About a yeah, no,
2: is a great cover from Ringo. It soul. is. I love it. All right, nothing it. to be ashamed of. not be guilty about <laughs> that. No great. way.
3: Yeah, yeah, this is a judgment-free zone, by the way. So, yeah. So so good song.
2: It's yeah. the one good song on Old Wave. Yeah, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm just having no. fun. I'm just having fun. I don't no. it sound hopeless, and it's not. <laughs> I actually uh, like yeah.
4: hopeless. Uh,
2: I like hopeless. Hopeless.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I love hopeless. Hopeless, I love hopeless was a modern day oh my my. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It's yeah. very but, much. Uh, like but that. just
3: want to mention, yeah, spies like us has gotten a lot of votes uh, mm-hmm.
0: as yeah.
3: as a as a guilty pleasure. So oh. so Joe, you're, oh, I haven't, I haven't you're right. In line. Cool. Yeah, there's a bunch of uh, comments, and uh, there are a lot of different suggestions here, but yes, uh, Spies Like Us has come up numerous times, and, and I agree, it's a fun song, you know, and the beat is great, and, and as you said, when he goes kind of nuts at the end, when it really speeds up, but it's fun.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, I happen to really love Sweet Little Sixteen. I love John's version of it. You know, sometimes when you slow down a song a bit, it can be more intense. And I never thought I could feel that way, but I I do in in certain songs. Um, And in many ways, John's voice carries the song. John's voice is the edge in that song. And I love the whole arrangement of it. You know, it's kind of strange. There was the, the recording of To Know Her Is To Love Her. From those sessions, which, which didn't end up on rock and roll But it's so much slower Than the original And yet it builds and it builds And then John's voice screams I mean, that's part of the excitement In listening to a lot of that music Is John's voice John's voice was magical He had one of the greatest rock and roll voices So I do like that arrangement Of uh, the Sweet Little Sixteen Spies Like Us is uh, Lower on my list here Of, uh, of Guilty Pleasures and I've always loved that song. I love the whole sound. I love the production of it. I love Paul's drumming on it, which is really cool, yeah. which you see in the video. The bass line, especially in the middle of the yeah. song, during the instrumental yes. section, very, very cool. And, um, you know, I would love for him to do that one live. It's not oh, that man. vocally demanding. He <laughs> might be able to and, do that, yeah. And uh, the part at the end where it rocks, like you said, Kit, that's, I love the song for that. You know, some really good choices. Stop and Smell the Roses is more like a novelty record.
2: Yeah, you no, know, well, that's, which that's works. a good way to put it. It's a you novelty know. record. Yeah. Song. You know? But it
1: works the way it was executed.
2: <laughs> you know, a lot of people, I just want to chime in, I've noticed Check My Machine popping up, uh, uh, and that's another one that I re- I've always loved, Check My Machine. Uh-huh. I, had, I had a blast with that, too. So I agree with a lot of those uh, people saying Check My Machine for Paul.
1: Right. Okay, um, Kit. How about you next?
3: Oh my goodness! Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> where to begin? No. Um, well, let's let's begin uh, with with Paul. By the way, somebody just mentioned press. Yes, that uh, that's wonderful. Um, and uh, wonderful Christmas time that almost made my list. I don't care. I love it. And uh, but what I'm going to uh, focus on is. You know, Paul did a number of of more dance-oriented songs. And Mm. and some of them were remixed. uh, And these have really gotten bashed over time. And I think it's ridiculous. I think some of them were well done. And and my pick was No More Lonely Nights, the play-out version. Uh, The horns on it. Love the horns toward the end. Um, You know, it's just a different different take on it, different arrangement. Um, And uh, I've you know, I still enjoy cranking that. Love the ballad version. I mean, mm-hmm. I love that too. But, uh, but I, I think you know that that playout version is is just uh, you know it's another dimension of of Paul. And and as I said, I just get sick of of people bashing his dance remixes. And and I think you know that was one of the best. Um, mm. You know, just. To, for me, you know, just a, a great compliment to the uh, the ballad. Uh, for George Harrison, uh, ding dong, ding dong. You know, I, I just, yes, it's, you know, people have said, oh, it's a so terrible uh, take on a New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's song. You know, it's pure George. It's it's just, you know, there's some humor to it. Uh, the video is hysterical, too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I just, you know, I play it. On, on. Uh, well, I play at other other days too, but New Year's Eve for <laughs> sure. Um, you know, I, I think he just had had a lot of fun with it, and um, you know, I'll, I'll take it to all lengths. on you know, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I like it oh. better,
3: You know, so uh, so there's that one, and then uh, my last one is Ringo, and he doesn't do this song anymore. It was a hit. Um, But the No-No song. I've always Mm. enjoyed it. I think it's really funny. Um, You know, and it it was just, Ringo really did it perfectly. I mean, you know, it just suited his vocals so much, Uh, his vocal range, um, you know, telling this kind of funny story. Unfortunately, some of it kind of autobiographical, but... (laughs) uh, but that's another show and uh <laughs> but I, I just think it's I, i've always enjoyed it i wish he'd do it today um you know in, in his live shows um you know i i just think it's it's uh thank you uh, tony you just said it's good fun that's exactly what it is nice. nothing you know nothing serious so um those are not i've got some other choices too but i would say those are my my top three um hmm. and uh, I don't care what anyone does.
1: <laughs> I I,
3: right. I still play them all. <laughs> yeah, cool. cool. I love oh, when yeah. when
1: when Ringo does the sniff there in the, yeah. the No yes. No song. <laughs> no 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 yeah. I don't no more. No more yeah. <laughs> that's a song that he butt. should
2: He he should be still doing. I would think in his, yeah. in his repertoire yeah. uh, live. Uh, the
4: first the first time yeah. I saw him, I was fortunate enough to see him do it live.
1: So yeah. Yeah. really. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's cool.
1: He hasn't done the No-No song for quite a while now. Right. No. Yeah. But, you know, regarding Ding Dong Ding
4: Dong, I, I I think it's very repetitive, and I think maybe that could be one of the things yeah. that turn, turns people off on that song. And you only got, like, really got one line of actual lyric besides, you know, ring out the old, ring in the new, and Ding True. Dong Ding dong. And then, you know, my George song that I picked is is actually the same way. It's just I, I like the lyrics better than this one. But, um, uh, mm-hmm. But
2: I, I
3: I still enjoy Ding Dong Ding Dong for what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, and that's exactly it. Yeah. And I do love ring ring out the false, <clears throat> ring in the true. You know, right.
2: it's, yeah, it's kind yeah. of. And how, how many along. New Year's how many New Year's songs you got? Unless I'm missing yeah, them. Like Very, song, few. Right? <laughs> Very few. Very well, few. That that, yeah. that reason alone, I, I the novelty of it alone, I, exactly. I, I
1: exactly. Yeah. There's, there's Barry Manilow. Yeah. He's got one. Yeah, oh, <laughs> oh, that, yeah, yeah that's, a
0: better, that's a better
2: song. Yeah. That's, that's true. Song. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. yeah. I do
1: like the playout version of No More Lonely Nights a lot because I mm-hmm. think it took a lot of imagination to take the exact same words that was in the ballad and have a different melody behind it. You know? And, and exactly. of course, a, a completely different arrangement and tempo. I thought mm-hmm. that was very cool to do.
3: Yep. I agree. Yeah. And, and as yeah. I said, I, I uh, you know, I've just heard so many negative comments about his more dance oriented stuff, and his remixes. You know, I don't know why it's, it's you know, just a different take, and and uh, it's, it's you know, it's fun. And, and that yeah, song always, is, like
2: okay. horns. I said, I enjoy it, yeah. I enjoy that version. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Tom, how about your list?
4: All right, well, um, you know, most of mine are kind of ballady in a way, um, because I just think you know, a lot of times, you know, people tend to just toss the ballast to the side for, 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 whatever reason. Um, but for my Paul, um, I don't understand it. Why most people don't like the song. It was a number one hit. Um, in never in 1973. And it's, I think it's just because, because it's silly lyrics again, I think people just, you know, <laughs> have to grow, grow tired of it, but, um, but, you know, I think my love is, is, uh, is an excellent song that I think, you know, has, a. Uh, from time to time, <laughs> it gets a bad rep, probably because from all the whoa, whoa, whoa woes, and uh, you know, and, and, yeah. and silly silly lyrics. Um, but I mean, you can't you can't um, uh, excuse the, the the excellent guitar solo in that song, and, oh, and, and, and and Paul's lyrics. I mean, Paul's singing or vocals in that song, and you know, backing up backed up with with Danny and Linda. I just, uh, it's a beautiful song, and. Um, I think it's uh, a song that if it's on the radio, I, I turn it up. If I'm driving, I'll sing it out loud. Don't care if you know who's uh, next to me looking at me all weird or whatever. I don't care. <laughs> but um, but it's it's a, it's a great song. Um, yeah. for my John song, I think it's um, I think a lot of people don't like this because it makes them feel uncomfortable, maybe, uh, and that is a uh, woman is the nigger of the world. Um, It's a song that um, I I do enjoy listening to, but it's not something that I I play purposely. If it comes up on my iPod, you know, during rotation, you know, I won't skip it. Um, Something that I, you know, I've always enjoyed in a way. Um, I don't, you know, discount it as a bad song just because that album is a bad album or people perceive it as a bad album. And Mm. I think maybe that's why another reason why it maybe it gets a bad rap. Not only does it make people feel uncomfortable, but it's on uh, what people call a bad album. So, um, you know, that's got that going for it as well. Um, but I think John's vocals, like you said, Ken. I mean, a lot of a lot of those John songs, it's all about the vocals, and I think that's it's a really good vocal, especially at the end when you know he's screaming. You know, make her paint his, paint. You know, her, paint her paint face red and dance. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's really, yeah. You know, really moving. Um, you know, for the George song, um. Again, I'm a I'm a big ballad junkie, and I you know the songs from Extra Texture and and another album that that you know has bad you know bad rep from you know so-called you know Beatles fans or whatever. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, I can't stop thinking about you. is a song that I've always enjoyed. I know it's very Ooh. repetitive, kind of like Ooh. "Ding Dong, Ding Dong" is, but um, for whatever reason, it's just that line that I've really come to enjoy. I can't stop thinking about you. And you can say that, I mean, that could be the only lyric in this song, and i can find with it. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's something because of the fact that, I, you know, that I used to travel so much. And I just, that you know, every time that song came on, I, you know, I just always you know, think of my wife, you know, whenever I was out of town. So um, this just has a lot of sentimental, um, you know, feelings for me. So whenever I play that song, so it's, um, I think it's a beautiful song. So those are my wow. three at the moment, and I'll have, you know, some to share later.
2: Well, you know, yeah. I was with you, Tom, a hundred percent on "My Love." I really yeah. think that's a great, a great, great song. Uh, I yeah. I know some people <laughs> don't care for it. You know where I'm going. Yeah. I'm going with this, and, and uh, you know, if it, I think if it had been a Beatles song, well, then I think maybe I think like that with a lot of songs. I don't know why mm, people right. be thinking it was better. I enjoy that, and also uh, really good, uh, bold choice there with "Woman Is the Nigger of the World." I think that's. Uh, a song that, that I also I did I don't have it on my list, but now that you mention it, yeah, I, I really enjoy that song. Uh, John sings it really well I, uh, with a lot of passion. It's got a, it's got a strong message, and it's a pro woman song. You know, right, exactly. people shouldn't be too thrown by the use of the n word in it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, where I, I think I lose you though, my own opinion is can't stop thinking about it. That's fine. <laughs> 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 I didn't do that. But yeah. uh, now this is a no um, judgment zone, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but that's don't be embarrassed at all. Oh, oh guilty. guilty. <laughs> I just kidding. It. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, um, yeah, Woman is the nigger of the world made my list, actually. Um okay. uh, oh. for John. And yeah, I I put that as well. Um and you know, rec- I think it was fairly recently it was bizarre it was like there were some people who suddenly discovered this song and you know and i saw some online discussion about it and oh my god you know john used the n-word and, and the whole thing mm. but of course when you listen to the song right. you know it's right. it makes sense yeah um, right. you know and i think john used a load term on purpose you know to get our attention and um i've i've always you know i think the message of the song is is very powerful uh certainly brave uh, for, Mm -hmm. for him to, uh, to do that. And then Yoko, I mean, was a co-writer. Um, and you know, you can hear her, uh, I mean, even just in the lyrics alone, you know, you can hear her voice. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that one, um, is, you know, underrated and, and, uh, people need to get past the initial shock. And real word. So, correct. Correct. you mentioned
2: yeah, and I, yoko kid, and yoko mm. came up with the title that uh, this song was written yeah. pretty much by yoko yeah, uh, that quote, right. quote of yoko's
4: right yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and i right. think it's that it's the word i think may have backfired on him because i i think that i think that moves people away from the song rather you know bringing them you know closer to the song to get the point you know mm-hmm. of the, of that song so
1: i think even the message might have been too tough for Top then, forty listeners, yeah, right. You know, yeah. To appreciate, even if they took the n-word out and mm-hmm. substituted something else, right. but those are three really good choices there, Tom. And but yeah. I, I don't, I don't see how anyone would say my love that the lyrics are so bad. I mean, well, I really don't. I, think they're I mean,
4: More corny than than anything. I don't know if bad's the right word, but uh, you know, over the last ten years, you know, looking at you know forums or, or Facebook, you know, pages or whatnot, uh, I, I have noticed that it does get bashed quite quite often.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe with all the whoa whoa. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I think there's some good lyrics there. When the cupboard's yeah. there. Yeah. I'll yeah. still find something there. And, it, with my and, life. and it's Absolutely. happening a
2: lot to, to silly love songs as well. It's a mm-hmm. you know, which is another one I noticed is getting bashed mercilessly the recent times. Online and things like that. Uh, you know.
1: Yeah. But right. um, yeah. Go ahead. Oh,
2: no,
3: no just that that's um, that, uh, that, yeah, that uh, Silly Love Songs has gotten a number of votes uh, yeah. down, cool. uh, down here. So,
1: right. and also, yep. And also, um, Woman is the Negro of the World is probably the one song I would single out as one that I appreciate so much more today than I ever have before. And I love yeah. everything about that record, it's a great record. It's mm. and it's a great message in the song too, Right. and it does show Yoko's influence there in the lyrics. I love the sax playing yeah. uh, oh, in yeah. that song and, and the yeah, orchestration, and it's yeah. really a cool record in the way that it ends, right. the way that it suspends. You know, we make her yeah. paint uh, yeah. her face and dance, mm-hmm. and it yeah. it doesn't yeah. have a very an ending that resolves itself. It just keeps yeah. fading like that. It's yeah. really strange. I love an ending like that. Yeah, yeah and I but, think. Um, um,
4: I, I mean, that's where Yoko's influence. I mean, like like you said, Kit or, and Kit and Ken. I mean, if the Beatles were still together, I I highly doubt that John would have even thought about writing a song like that if it wasn't right. for Yoko coming into his life.
1: Hmm. So. Great, possible. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, how about my three? Yes. Let's and, hear it. Um, <laughs> I must say that I couldn't think of any guilty pleasures when it comes to John or George. It's very easy. Paul is such an easy target because <laughs> yeah. his music is all over the place and a lot of people can't accept the different styles of Paul. They might like the rocker Paul but they don't like the ballady schmaltzy Paul or the kind of person that would do something like We All Stand Together. You know, That's the genius of Paul McCartney. The fact that he, well, on the one hand he could do Helter Skelter on the other hand, he could do We All Stand Together. Um, but the three that I picked, first of all, is Wonderful Christmas Time, which yeah. I can't yeah. understand how that song has been bashed so much yeah. in <laughs> recent years. It is one of my all-time favorite Christmas songs and of all the more contemporary Christmas songs. And it's mm-hmm. not just because it's Paul McCartney. Um, I love the song itself. It's got a great melody. It's so catchy. You hear it yeah. a couple of times, it's stuck in your head. I think Absolutely. it's very well constructed. You know, um, Paul has the habit, and I think I've brought this up before, of coming up with songs that sound like he could have written it in five minutes. Mm-hmm. But we, we shouldn't begrudge the guy because he has that talent. But um, Wonderful Christmas Time sounds like it could be written very quickly. But there's a lot of different sections in it. There's the verses and the chorus and then um, the part that goes the choir of children sing their songs and the ding dong ding dong part and it all flows together very well. It sounds very upbeat, Christmassy, like a Christmas song should and it always puts me in the Christmas mood. Christmas season does not start for me until I hear (laughs) Wonderful Christmas Time. Mm -hmm. I say it on my show on every little thing every single year. I love the song and yet... It keeps on getting listed as one of the worst Christmas songs ever. And I just don't get it, you know. And there have been a lot of cover versions now of Wonderful Christmas Time, like I just mentioned before in the news. Same with Happy Christmas. That means a lot of people still dig the song. A lot of people want to cover it. Still gets lots of airplay. And, um, you know, I don't think it deserves all the criticism that it's gotten in, in, uh, in recent years. Cool. So um, the second one, which I know uh, a few people here have listed, is Mary Had a Little Lamb. Mm. Yes. I love that song to death. I always have. And uh, even though it wasn't that big a hit in America, it did prove to be a top ten hit in the U.K. And I think melodically, it's so well-structured. It's a great three-and-a-half pop song. I love the modulation at the very end that goes up in key. I like the the lalas in the chorus, <laughs> same as the wo You know, but the melody is really great. Mm-hmm. Paul is the master of melody. He's yeah. able to write all these great melodies that stay in your head, and uh, you know, so many people are critical of him. The fact that he could do a song like that. And um, I know that it was said at the time that he was doing it because give Ireland back to the Irish was banned in the UK. But I know for a fact that Paul wrote Mary had a little lamb before give Ireland back to the Irish. However, it still could have been released as a single after give Ireland back to the Irish, because of that reason Paul has actually, you know, given both reasons there. Um, You know, so, I do believe that to some degree it was released as a single for that reason, but he didn't write it from scratch right after it Gave Ireland back to the Irish. But it's a great melody, uh, great vocals, love the kids singing along. You know, I love that song, and mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed of it, you know. <laughs> I think it's very well constructed. If he can take Golden Slumbers as he did in The Beatles from a lullaby, he's doing the same right. thing with the nursery rhyme here. It's the same thing. Right it really is um and also you're probably going to say I'm cheating here Uh but I just want (laughs) to I just want to place the duets that Paul did with Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson because it's hard for me to just pick one of them and say that's my guilty pleasure I really like all of them I loved Ebony and Ivory the first time I heard it and um it does help that Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder are my two favorite people in in the (laughs) musical universe. Uh Oh. Uh
0: Uh-oh.
3: Ken. Oh. I think we lost. Oh, here he comes. He's back. Hang on. I don't know why he popped out there. Yeah. Okay, we lost you for a minute, Ken. So go back to Paul and Stevie were your favorites. There
1: you go. (laughs) No, I I love that song on First Listen. And um, part of the magic in listening to some of the duets that Paul has done, I should say all of them, and I don't think the Beatles get enough credit for this, is that they were so great at doing harmony work together, and when they work with other people, their voices blend so well together. Paul Absolutely. and Stevie sounded fantastic together. I sure did. I, always, I like to say that when the first time I heard, what's that you're doing, sometimes, believe it or not, I couldn't tell which one was Paul and which was Stevie. <laughs> I don't know if any of sure. you had that, had that reaction to it but their voices just work so well together. I love the melody, I love the message. It's a simple message and it worked. And you know, I have a lot of problem of problems with people who can't recognize the success of a record from the past. That song was number 1 for 7 weeks in the United States. That means people heard it, people liked it. And yet there are so many people now that want to bash Ebony and Ivory. And I just don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, They sounded so good together. Um, I just wish that they had made a whole album together. You know, that would have been, you know, that would be a dream for me, even still. Um, And I love the duets with Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's one of my favorite artists. I think they sounded great on Say Say Say. The video for that was so much fun. They had great chemistry on the record. It's just a great pop record, you know. Paul is, you know, the master of writing great pop songs and great melodies. He's doing in 1983 with Say, 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 what he did with the Beatles in the 60s, what he did with Wings in the 70s. It's great pop. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: uh, again, they sounded great together. And I love The Girl Is Mine, even though it is a sappy song. Um, Vocally, they sounded fantastic. I always remember when The Girl Is Mine first came out. And Quincy Jones was quoted as saying Paul's vocals were just outstanding. And I always remember listening to The, first two, to the Girl Is Mine the first time and um, hearing him hit that really low note. <laughs> and then he also hits a high note. He's got this great range in The Girl Is Mine. But the two of them had great chemistry together on record. Despite everything else that happened between Paul and Michael, I still think they were fantastic together. I also love the man. You know, which is very sappy as a song, but they harmonize so beautifully in the man. Um, but I love those duets. And a lot of people think that that was a turning point in Paul's career, that people didn't respect him after that because maybe he was relying on big names like Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson. When Paul was, come on, he's Paul McCartney. It's not like his career was going downhill at that moment. He'd come off of a number one song with Coming Up in 1980. You know, you had two superstars together on all those records, and I liked all of them, you know. I like collaborations, Mm -hmm. and uh, they worked very well when it came to Stevie and to Michael.
4: Yeah, I mean, some can argue that uh, Ebony and Ivory wasn't like a real true collaboration because the song was already written and demoed. Uh, before mm. he brought stevie on but but it's still stevie Wonder singing the song He's still bringing that voice to to that song and then plus the message you know the Ebony ivory you know you you know it kind of makes sense to bring on an african-american and especially one that you know the word that is worldwide known as one of the greatest artists of all time you mm-hmm. know which um you know, is, is is a great you know song um but you know to mary had a little lamb i think a lot of problem with that one is 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 the fact that ex-band band members have you know, trash that song. You know, I, I think Henry yeah. was, was a, was a you know, member. That, that, yeah. Henry was, and I, I think maybe, yeah. I think Denny may, may not have said was very favorable of the song uh, at first, but I think he's come to appreciate it now. But, but, you know, when you, when you get, you know, people uh, from the band saying, you know, bad things about a song, I mean, it's easy for people to be influenced by that and, you know, not, to, you know, necessarily give the song a chance, unfortunately, you know,
1: I suppose that's true. That's a shame. Yeah. You know, we should have our own independent minds and think yeah, you know, how, what, what we like, not just what right. the artists on the record, how they mm-hmm. feel. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. do we want to mention a
2: few more? Or yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I got, got know, yeah. two sure.
4: more sure. I'd like to mention. Okay. Sure.
2: Joe, yeah. we'll start with you. Uh, a couple more. First, uh, for John again, the crazy song "Do the Oz" with him <laughs> yeah. y- Yoko wailing on it too. Again, the only thing I could say for Oz Magazine, right? I believe the only the only thing I could say is again, it's just again, it's the same excuse. If you want to call it an excuse, zaniness, craziness, a la you know my name. Look up the number when you're mm. in that that kind of a mood. It's not you know you're not listening to "In My Life." when you hear that or something off the top Mm -hmm. of my head. I have a lot of fun with that, and uh, it's like a crazy, psychedelic, drugged-out version of the Hokey (laughs) Pokey or something like that. (laughs) That's that's a good point. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and uh, one more from Paul. Biker Like an Icon. Mm. Mm. That's a song a lot of people do not like, and I wonder sometimes if it's because of the odd name title, the, the, the biker like an icon. What does that mean? You know, even though it's kind of explained in the song, and I think what I like about it most is the way Paul reaches a kind of crescendo in there. He gets more and more into it as he goes along. singing, you know, mm. uh, that line about she loved her biker like an icon. Right. And it takes a lot of, a lot of different dips and turns and changes that I like to it. Uh, Definitely think it's it's an underrated Paul song, uh, and uh, it makes me think of the Off the Ground album in general, which I think is underrated. And mm-hmm. uh, was saving this from when Ken was talking about the La La La's and Mary Had a Little Lamb. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind Mary Had a Little Lamb's or the La La La's so much. I, but I really like the la la la's in the song "Off the Ground." Or if that's what if that's what he's saying. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <La-la-la-la-la-la.
2: laughs> we could do a yep. do a la la show if you want. You want to Whoa Whoa. Probably more the don't know, I thought of that. And and for Tom, I'm going to throw in "Drumming Is My Madness" by ring For the same reason. For the same reason. Again, I just think it's just a drumming is my madness. Is another. Another spoof Ringo uh, and his drumming abilities and having fun with his reputation as the world's charming drummer. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very good. You know, what? Do The Oz, there are certain songs from John where, like I said before, the voice carries it all.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, and uh, there's like a tremendous build-up in the song because of the voice. And I'm thinking of I Don't Want to Be a Soldier is kind of like that. Yeah. Few lyrics... But the voice carries it, you know, throughout exactly. most of good, the song. So, yeah, Tom, a few more from you.
4: Yeah, you know, you just mentioned, you know, the voice uh, of of John again. Um, there's there's a song, and, and Joe, do with do the eyes. I mean, the songs that we, two of our we're picking are right around the same time. Um, my my other one is uh, Luck of the Irish. Um, which I know people may not stand just because of the fact that Yoko's on there singing with him, but I happen to find that she's, I like her voice in that song. Mm. And, um, and I like, I like them duetting. I, I don't think they did it enough in their, uh, in, you know, in their time together. I thought um, that would have been uh, nice. And, and And the fact that, you know, besides the continuing story of Bungalow Bill, I mean, that's the first time we actually kind of heard Yoko, uh, you know, on a, on a record uh, in the mainstream world. But then after that, what did you hear? You just heard her, you know, wailing for you know the next couple years, unfortunately. And I think that t- kind of turned people off. But you know, if she actually started doing more regular singing, and then you know doing, you know, throwing in some of the wailing like in, you know, Don't Worry Kyoko or, or something like that. I think maybe people may have, you know, felt more comfortable, you know, with her. Um, but uh, that's a song that I, I that I generally enjoy that I know a lot of people don't. Um, another one from Paul is uh, Mulligan Tire, which I don't think people still to this day in the U.S. really, you know, get it, maybe, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, you know, it would have been great if to see if this would have been a hit here. Um, but I don't think. I mean, if people kind of don't like it now, you know, I don't think they probably would have liked it back then. Which I think probably the record company was smart to, you know, flip it. You know, put Girl School on the A side here. Um, yeah. However, it's 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 again, it's a it's catchy as hell. You know, it's just it's a traditional song that Scottish song, or and um, and I think it's uh, I think it works. Um, and I, the last one I got is um, it's a Ringo song that I almost put in the top three, uh, but I really like his vocals. And, Ken, I know I'm going to sound like a little bit of a hypocrite here because I know I can't. there's been times where I've said I don't really care for Ringo's ballads, ballad voice. But this one I do enjoy, and that's uh, his vocals on um, I'll Always Love You, which um, I like to track.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot. You know, I'll so. still love you.
4: Yeah, thank you. I'll still love
1: you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll still love All you. right. Yeah, by the way, we did hear Yoko's voice very prominently on Happy Christmas. Okay. So uh, yeah, I completely yeah. forgot about
4: that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Good choices there. Yeah. Uh Kit, a few more from you. Well,
3: all right. Well, uh one of them um I is from uh John Sometime in New York City album, which uh, we've mentioned a little bit before, of course. Um, and you know, still a controversial album, but um I do have a more you know a song that I've always kind of liked uh, from there. Uh, and, of course, I'm talking about Scumbag. No, no, I'm not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Was that no, the queen? No. Was that yeah. queen? <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> no, just thought I'd toss out, you know, toss out and see what happened. No. <laughs> um, actually, talking about Yoko's voice, I've always liked We're All Water." um because first first of <laughs> so all elephants yeah elephants memory jams on that I mean mm. they they jam on the whole album but wow on we're all water I think they really go to go to town and lyrics are really interesting um I agree. you know <coughs> yeah I mean they really I mean they're interesting on many levels I know but but I mean they're you know Yoko's making you know, making a point there. So I know Yoko Sing's lead on it, but obviously John had a great deal to do with it. I've I've always thought that was a really underrated track, and I thought her voice sounded good. Mm -hmm. I, I thought, you know, it really fit the you know, the tone of the song and the, the rapid tempo, and I mean, it's yeah. it's just, uh, yeah, I've just always really liked it. I, I you know, I can't fully explain uh, why, but as I said, I just like the the, the lyrics, and uh, and uh, Gary Van Sok, of course, props to him, his bass playing on that mm-hmm. whole album, and on that, it's just, just awesome. Uh, and then my last two, I think I'll throw in two Paul McCartney songs. Um one from um tug of war uh i've always loved dress me up as a robber Mm -hmm. i've i've really cranked that i just like the um a little bit of a latin influence in it um and just a great arrangement um you know just very interesting chord changes. Um, I've always liked it. I joke that I'm probably one of the only people that would love to see him do this live, but you know, he never will. But I know, <laughs> but I would, I'd pay to see it. Absolutely. Um, so that's that's always been a, a favorite. And finally, and and someone else, I apologize. I, I, it, somebody mentioned it, you know, way down in the comments, so I, I couldn't get to it immediately. Motor of Love. I don't know why this song gets. Trash as I'll
2: tell you. Much as I'm trying to have fun with it, I don't like that.
3: Song. No, no, I no. Mean, but but really, you know, it's a beautiful. I think it's a beautiful song. Um, it's always been you know, one of my favorites. Um, you know, it almost has sort of an epic sound to me. You know, in the bridge, um, and uh, you know, and it's a beautiful song about love, spirituality in general, um, and. Um, I was always, you know, that's always been kind of a hidden gem for me on, on flowers in the dirt. And in recent years, I've heard a lot of, you know, negative comments about it. And, uh, I'm darn it. I'm going to defend this. Oh, good. uh, Uh Uh, Thank you, Tony. That it's really beautiful. Thank you. Thank Thank you very much.
2: (laughs) Joe, your response to that? <laughs> I, uh, I'm i not a fan of Motor of Love, which is monotonous. I think it's, uh, it's, You know, what can I say? I, I, I love that people love it. You, you, we can't all like the same things.
1: No. That's right. right. Absolutely.
2: It's cliche, but true.
1: Yeah, Different opinions true. make it more interesting. That's but right. Motor um, of Love, um, I think, is a gorgeous song. And like you said, kid, it's very spiritual, kind of hymnal. Um, I do like the bridge. It almost sounds Beach Boys-ish. A little bit, um, yeah. And um, the only problem I've had with Motor of Love is that it goes on too long. Oh, I yeah. Somebody else minutes. mentioned that. But it really is a, a beautiful song. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love it. Anyway, a few others that I mentioned. Well, I did yeah. have Spies Like Us. I had Spies yeah. Like Us on my list. We all stand together. Gets trashed. By yep. people who don't seem to understand that it was for an animated film for children. <laughs> and it works on that level. And Paul is right. so brilliant at doing that, including another song called Tropic Island Hum, which he also mm-hmm. wrote for another animated yeah. short, which is brilliant. I mean, Paul is a big fan of Disney films, and these songs could work in a Disney film. It just shows the extreme versatility that the man has. Uh, you know, for people that want Paul to rock out, that want a helter skelter, or they want a jet, you know, or a rock show. They can't understand how the same man could do We All Stand Together. You know, know?
4: we all all stand together, worked uh, in in the UK back then. It was a top three hit. So, I mean, (laughs) you know, it had to have worked. I mean, people had to have liked it back then, you know.
1: It could also be because, you know, Rupert the Bear was a big character there in in the UK. So that did help. But, uh, yeah, but um, it's an interesting thing when you look at songs that, were bigger hits in the UK than here and vice right. versa. Right. Yeah, maybe we'll explore that here yeah. on a future show. Um, also, Silly Love songs I got to put in there. Uh, a lot of people yeah. trash Paul for that song, but I really think that song is beyond brilliant. You've got three oh, melodies going on yes. in that in that uh, song simultaneously. It's just yeah. arranged so well. The vocals are great between Paul, Linda, and Denny. You know, um, a lot of work was put into Silly Love songs, and it's probably a very hard song to duplicate because of all those harmonies in it. Um, but, uh, yeah, number one song, the biggest song of 1976 yeah. in America. I, and, um, yeah, I love I, it for, for so many. It just sounds like a great record. You want to crank, you know, yeah. crank up on your car radio when it comes on, and it's this great pop. Simply I it simply is. Uh, I, I think it was his <laughs> most.
4: I think it was his most important single of the '70s. To be honest with you, uh, because you know here he is. He's getting ready to tour uh, the United States, and um, not not that he needed help, you know, with that tour selling out or whatever. But you hmm. had this this great song that, you know, helped trigger the excitement for that, for that tour. And I think really co- combined with the tour and, I, and that song, I really think that, that that gelled together and, you know, really helped, you know, that, that summer being the, the, the summer of Paul, because uh, it really, yes.
2: you know, it really worked.
4: Yeah. You know I've got,
2: I've got such great, great memories of that of childhood when that was a big hit on the radio everywhere, going to the beach in the summertime. Yeah. I mean, it's not just a nostalgia, memory it's not, people might say that they often do, you just like it because it's nostalgic. Well no, I loved it at the time. Before it became nostalgic, I loved it when mm-hmm, it was a right, song. Right. But uh, <laughs> you know, I mean I always I just love it. I, I don't you know and the fact that it's so like uh Simple in, in the way that he just says "I love you." He sings it. That's I think that's supposed to be the brilliance of it. That's the the idea of it. You know, you don't like mm-hmm. me, the only silly love songs quote that I'm doing. Well, here's another one for you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. It's like what, what else? What could be more basic than singing that? that you know, take right. that. You know.
1: And he proved so, the critics wrong by having that yeah. song go all the way to number Absolutely. one. But yeah, that that's that whole tour and that summer of '76 will always be special and magical because of how popular that song was let him in was the follow up single yep. that that did very well at number 3 mm-hmm. you even had got to get you into my life as a single <laughs> and yeah. so you had you had paul with lead vocals from wings and the beatles in the top 10 at the same time right how cool was that mm-hmm. so yeah. um
2: Yeah, I I always mention that. I'm glad you brought up "Got to Get You Into My Life" because I know a lot of people actually uh, feel what I'm going to say. At the time, I hadn't really gotten past uh, probably "Rubber Soul" at the time for the Beatles, and I thought it was a wing song. "Got to Get You Into My Life" when it came out again, I didn't realize it was a Beatles song at that time. Uh I was just really get into that those songs of the Beatles.
1: Yeah, well, I kind of look at uh, the Beatles catalog as all being one long, one big catalog. You know, combining it all together. I don't really separate the two. You know, Got to Get You Into My Life is a Paul McCartney song written in the Beatles. Listen to What the Man Said is a Paul McCartney song from Wings. They're both Paul McCartney songs with different people backing them up. You know, that's kind of the way I I see it. Anyway, uh, Mark P commented before, and this is a song that I'm surprised we didn't mention, but Freedom is a song that has knocked a lot. Now, I actually really like the song it's another one of those songs where I feel like Paul wrote it in five minutes. Um, the, only, the only problem I've ever had with that song is that it's way too short. He only wrote a couple of verses. And the chorus is great. And the vocals are so powerful. And it fit for the time for, that, for what happened on 9-11. And it's great that Paul came up with something for that concert. I just wish that he had another verse or two. Yeah. It would have made it a fuller song. But I never had a problem with freedom. And a lot of people trash that one now. So,
2: well, I, I think now, I think, I think I a lot of people trashed it back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know I why. Don't. I, well, but because I it's Paul's capable of a lot better, in my opinion, than that song. It it, it, it served the purpose quickly for what, what he intended it to be. Mm. It worked quickly if something, you know, something he whipped up quick like that. I love it the The love we make is it? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, film where he's he's like teaching it to them, and and who is it? Is it Pete Townsend or is it Eric Clapton? Somebody's yeah. He's like right. It's a very simple song, and
1: he's
2: teaching it. Right,
4: yeah. I will say Clapton's solo at the end is is quite brilliant. Uh, Mm -hmm. Really like his his solo on that, for sure. However, I don't think he should have delayed the release of Driving Rain uh, to to add that to the album, in my opinion. Because it was delayed, um, oh, because man. of that song, because he wanted that song oh, on the album. Man. Okay. Oh, so, here sorry we folks, go. Don't mind it me. Is- oh, why, 50- a-
2: why am I down at ten percent battery? I don't understand. That. <laughs> <laughs> this might be too late. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll man. say goodbye early if I fade. But <laughs> All right.
1: this is proof it. that this is a live broadcast. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, it is. Yep. Okay. So why don't we wrap things up with each of you telling us what we have in store? Uh, From each of you. Let's start with you Tom.
4: Okay, thank you Ken. Um, Well, uh, two legs took a short little break You know uh, my co-host Andy's been busy and I took a little vacation with the wife So we plan on being back this week uh, unfortunately, we had a interview scheduled, but the person had to. Um, we had to reschedule. So hopefully, we're going to be talking to Peter In uh, Collins really soon, who wrote uh, this book, the mm. uh, M- McCartney biography. It's currently celebrating its 10th anniversary, so that's kind of crazy. <laughs> um, we'll be back uh, hopefully this week. We're going to be doing a uh, a segment called "Things We Bought Today," which uh, originated with uh, with David and I back in the, the past. So we're going to finally do uh, a whole uh, episode on that. Um, as well as all the the latest news. Um, If you want to reach us, you can email us at twolegspodcast at gmail.com. You can check us out on Facebook at Two Legs at Paul McCartney Podcast, uh, Twitter and Instagram uh, at Two Legs Podcast. So we're all over the place. I'm on uh, Facebook, too, if you want to, you know, check me out uh, and uh, talk Paul or talk solo Beatles, whatever you want to talk about, um, I'm here, and I look forward to – uh, you know, some more episodes of talk more talk and uh, take it away. Whoever's next.
1: Okay, and uh, Andy Nichols doing a great job as your co-host. Oh,
4: absolutely! Thank you very much. Uh, he's he's phenomenal. Glad yeah. uh, glad he agreed to do the show.
1: hmm Joe, you're next.
2: Okay, before my battery runs out, well, you can subscribe <laughs> to me. Subscribe to me at YouTube on the Mean Mr. Mayo channel. And uh, one of the most recent videos I did. Uh, has to do with collecting in the sense of, you know, if you look around, you hear, when is collecting too much? Do you feel like it's too much sometimes? Why do we collect? That kind of thing. That's yeah. a video I did that's got a good response, and uh, it's one of my newest ones. So check that one out.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Kit, how about you?
3: Well, um, I'm happy to say my columns are back. Uh, Deep Beatles went up last week. Uh Inspired by our recent country show, where I talked about what goes on uh, today, uh, just just today, uh, my soul column uh, came out where I talk about uh, a great uh, Junior Walker and the All Stars song, "Shaken Finger Pop," just uh, just a just a jam. <laughs> um, he, uh, and one second.
4: one second, didn't he have a son named Junior Walker Jr.? Yeah, that's right.
1: (laughs) I always get a kick out of (laughs) it. It's got a sense of humor. Yeah.
3: Got yep, absolutely. Um, And uh, I'm also still looking for uh, suggestions for my annual uh, Beatles lovers gift list, Uh, holiday gift list. You can uh, you know either uh, just look me up on Facebook, and you can uh, send me ideas. I'll post about it again on my facebook uh, page and you can make comments i want to know your suggestions um as to what you think were some of the best releases of the year and uh this thursday i'm going to be doing uh my monthly uh solo show so uh so that'll be uh this thursday at six thirty eastern so uh, uh so i think that's everything
1: cool. okay All right, I got a few things here to plug. First of Mm -hmm. all, uh, last Friday, I had the pleasure of interviewing Peter Asher. And Peter has a brand-new book out, which I have right here. (laughs) The Beatles from A to Z, an Mm
2: -hmm.
1: alphabetical mystery tour. It's really a fun book, a fun read. And uh, what he does is he takes each letter of the alphabet, and then he lists things that go with that letter. And he shares his memories, his feelings about songs, Albums, people, musical instruments, any part of Beatle history uh, in this book. So, you know, he could start with A, with "Then I Love Her, and then talk about a person whose name starts with A, you know. And uh, it's really a good, fun read. And um, I have a page called Interviews Page 4, which has my latest interviews on there. And you can listen to my brand-new interview with Peter on there. And also on my Beatles trivia page, you can win Uh, Peter's book. Not only Did that. He, uh, oh. Did he mention himself
4: when he got to the peas? No, he didn't. Oh, too bad. Uh, oh. He's a humble guy.
1: <laughs> <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have this book called Solid State. Yes. Oh, yes. It's by this this newcomer on the scene <laughs> named Ken Womack. <laughs> actually we all miss Ken where have I heard of that name (laughs) Uh (laughs) and I now have copies of that to give away on my Beatles trivia page we're hoping to have Ken back on the show in uh, January although our own Joe here right here has been doing such a great job and uh, we all thank him for all the wonderful work he's been doing as our co-host not only that not only can you win Peter Asher's book or Ken Womack's book but I now have the new, uh, well, not new anymore, but right. DVD <laughs> or choice of Blu-ray for Imagine and Give Me Some Truth combined cool. on the same disc. Great and uh, really cool to have them both together. Yeah. Nice. And the, it looks, the picture is just so good. The remastering True, really. that was remixing done on uh, Give Me Some Truth, I think. Um, and uh, I've got Beatles trivia on my website. Play the game Famous Groupies. <laughs> which starts tonight um, and my other podcast show things we said today, there'll be a new one posted Thursday or Friday this oh, week. God. Okay. So I think that covers it all to get in touch with us. Kit, yep. you probably have it all memorized.
0: Oh, uh,
3: sure. Yeah. <laughs> you can. I don't remember uh, any of this. <laughs> yep. Oh, and, uh, oh, and I, a viewer said uh, the talk more talk crew should be picked up by the Beatles channel. Well, Oh, your thank, you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Hey. thank you very much.
1: Okay. Hey,
3: Thank you very <laughs> <It, laughs> if much.
1: If you want us to be picked up, we should just can the singing.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm down four oh, percent. Yeah.
1: You're okay, Tom. Yep. But okay, Joe. Oh, so, thank you. Okay, cool.
3: All right, let me let me just get a so you can contact us at oh. uh, talk um, or solo co- talk at Gmail. Uh, you can look us up on Facebook and join our page. Hit the like button so that you'll be notified of all new episodes. Um, you can Sorry. also. Uh, reach us. Oh no, Bravo! Reach us on Twitter uh, at Talk More Talk one. Uh yeah. and I think that's everything. And of course, you can. Uh, this episode will be up soon, and you'll you can hear uh, watch us on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you can hear us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, virtually any platform you can think of. And oh, let yeah. us know what you think.
1: <laughs> what's saw this? One. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what's with, with showing all these album covers?
4: I, I don't know. I found them all while I was on vacation. So uh, oh, okay. I great, uh I had a great success while on vacation at record stores.
1: So, okay. Yeah. I'm glad you picked up the Johnny Cash.
4: Oh, yeah. I was surprised when I saw it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have it That's, on CD, but uh, I can't wait to hear it online. So. Right. Oh.
1: That's the one that has New Moon Over Jamaica exactly. with Paul and exactly. Tom T. Hall. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. All right. So uh I guess that brings the show to a close. Yep, thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in.
3: That was our fanfare,
1: so, yeah. Oh, okay,
3: see you in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yes,
4: thanks
0: for yeah. tuning
1: in for Tom and Joe and Kit. I'm Ken Michaels. Thanks for joining us. Peace and love.
0: Peace and love.